It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Good morning. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. It's brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We are a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. My name is Cara Carper. I'm a licensed nutritionist, and I see clients at our Wyzetta office, and I also present classes to a lot of local corporations and also in some of our offices. Now, if you've been listening to our show for a while, you have most likely heard the message that to lose weight, people need to be eating healthy fats, adequate protein, and vegetable carbohydrates. But if you are a newer listener, just tuning in today for the first time, that might really be a new thought for you. And the title for our show today is, Am I Eating Enough to Lose Weight? So we're going to spend the next hour debunking the myth that to lose weight, we have to cut calories. And I have a special guest here today, and she knows very well the low-calorie message. In fact, She spent about 25 years trying different low-calorie diets that were unsuccessful. She's been on our show several times. We recently did a show together discussing her amazing 90-pound weight loss journey. Nell Calls is a nutritional weight and wellness client and also a wonderful nutrition educator. So you're going to see her teaching a lot of our different classes. Thanks for being here today, Nell. Thank you. It's so nice to be here again. We're kind of keeping the theme rolling of, yeah, don't follow any low-calorie diets. They don't work in the long term. And so you are, you're the expert on them not working and, (laughs) um, you know, just with your history. And some people have heard you talk about your history of dieting, but in case they haven't, I would hate for them to miss the story. Yeah, so. yeah. A brief history of <laughs> Nell's dieting history. Yeah, it's 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 pretty lengthy, actually. Um, so I, I started gaining weight in third grade, or at least I was aware that I was gaining weight in third grade and, and was just kind of a chubby kid. Uh, and really, I think it was in seventh grade when you're kind of hitting adolescence when I was really um, starting to feel the effects of being overweight uh, and, you know, wanting to be attractive to boys and all of these things and just the immense sadness I would feel at not not being able to feel attractive. And so I begged my mother for the first time um, to take me to Weight Watchers, and this was when they were in church halls, Mm -hmm. and you'd go in and you'd weigh in in this depressing church basement, and I went to, um, yeah, this was the summer before my eighth grade year, and I tried my first diet, and then I started, Weight Watchers was kind of my diet of choice, Mm -hmm. and so I did that that 14 times in 25 years, which tells you I would be able to be on it for a short period of time, and then I'd have to come off it because I was starving, okay. <laughs> essentially. And we're going to talk a lot more about that kind right. of cycle as we go on here. So, But basically, from a, from a young age, you were told or you were given the message that in order to lose weight, you needed to cut calories. Yeah. Is that cut, correct? Cut calories and eat low fat. Okay. And I was just um, talking to my, my class in um, Mendota Heights. I'm t- teaching a nutrition for weight loss class in Mendota Heights. But there's a picture in one of the classes of a bagel. And I'm like, 
remember when bagels were pitched to us as a low-fat food and how good that was for us? And I said, I ate so many bagels with low-fat cream cheese Mm -hmm. and thought I was doing my body good when really I was actually contributing not only to my weight problem, but my metabolism problems. Right, because we know when we teach that class, a medium-sized bagel turns into over 14 teaspoons of sugar. Which is incredible, right? Yeah. So it is a huge misconception that cutting calories will lead to weight loss, and there are several reasons this approach doesn't work. We're going to address the following things during the show today. First of all, that not eating enough during the day actually slows metabolism because the body thinks it's starving. It wants to hold on to fat instead of burn fat. Yeah. Um, Next, you know, skipping meals and missing snacks, eating low-calorie foods— ends up causing cravings and often binge eating. And that's going to sabotage weight loss efforts. Yeah, I can relate to all of those, especially when you skip meals and start binge eating at about, what, 10, 11 at night, Mm -hmm. you know? And my particular drug of choice at that time is usually toast. Okay. (laughs) And lots of it. Okay. So if I don't get my meals and snacks in, I know I'm going to be craving and that's going to adverse. It's going to set me back in terms of either maintaining my weight or losing weight, depending on where I am. <laughs> so that not eating during the day or not eating enough. enough. And we'll talk about what we want people to be eating to avoid this starving and binging cycle, but you're going for the toast and things like that. Absolutely. Like high carbohydrate food. Yeah. Anything. Uh, and it happens fairly quickly, but anything with um, that that sounded good to me when I was kind of trapped in the cycle of gaining and losing weight, mm-hmm. uh, usually that's the first thing I go for. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, before the show, we were looking at this book here. It's called, My mom introduced this book to me. It's called The Big Fat Surprise. And we were looking through it and found some interesting information. And I just wanted to share it with our listeners. In 2013, in Sweden... A health expert advisory group concluded that a low-fat diet was an ineffective strategy for tackling either diabetes or obesity. Yeah, and this group spent two years reviewing over 16,000 different studies before coming to this conclusion. Pretty conclusive, right? Yes, and you have the book. I didn't realize that. Are you reading it? And you said that it reminded you of... Um, Gary Taub's good calories, bad calories. Yeah, yeah. Bit. It's a little, okay. it's a little, it's a little dense and a little sciencey. But what I loved um, was kind of how she she tracks how did we get here in terms of thinking that low fat and starvation were a good idea. Mm-hmm. And it's a really interesting read. And we've been talking about that for a long time at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. That you know we have to eat fat to lose weight, and but there's more and more research. That's being that's coming out into the public that's supporting our philosophy. So that's great. But before we move on with the show, I'd like to go over what a low calorie diet consists of, because we're going to talk a lot about low fat and low low calorie dieting in our show today. So if someone is told that to lose weight, they need to go on a low calorie diet. Well, then the foods that they're trying to cut out would naturally be considered high calorie foods. So now, what are some of the foods you were told to avoid on the diet? Yeah, so anything, butter was probably the number one thing that, um, butter, any kind of saturated fat. So butter, I was told to avoid avocados. I still get looks in the lunchroom when I'm eating a whole half a, half an avocado, <laughs> like, wow, your cholesterol is going to go up. 
Um, yeah, sour cream, uh, any kind of heavy fat food, definitely any kind of full fat yogurt, um, because low fat yogurt was supposed to be the the best thing for me. Um, I remember thinking that I remember when I was on Weight Watchers the last time, their uh, recommendation for additional fat was one extra teaspoon of olive oil a day. Ooh, a day? A day. Oh, my goodness. So in addition to the fat in your food, mm-hmm. uh, you can you can have an extra teaspoon of olive oil a day. And you're getting a little bit of fat, but, I mean, compared to what I'm eating now, it's just So that's about ridiculous. five grams. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. and you know, that's just not you, enough, you're just going to feel starved. You're yeah. going to feel starved and you're not going to feel satisfied when you eat anything, which mm-hmm. makes you want to eat more of the carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So that those are the foods I was told to avoid, along with things like bread and... Uh, and pasta, but uh, but it just wasn't advice that that I could follow for very long. As is, you know, if I had been on Weight Watchers once and then it took care of the weight problem, and there you go, great. But what happened was, um, I think that it contributed to me gaining that extra 110 pounds that I had on my body because I would go, I, I would only be able to go on the diet for a short period of time because I wasn't eating enough, mm-hmm. and then I would. Uh, go off after six months, and then I would gain back, you know, the 30 or so pounds I would I lost okay. plus an additional 30. So I'm guessing that when you were doing Weight Watchers, were you, you probably weren't eating a lot of eggs or no, meat? Absolutely not. Okay. Things like uh, that, full-fat salad dressing. You could, you could eat lean, things like, oh, lean turkey or boneless, skinless mm-hmm. chicken breast, uh, you know, low-fat cuts of meat, not you know, when I when I discovered that, oh, if you eat grass fed meat, you actually get a chemical that helps you helps your metabolism. That was such a great light bulb right. moment. Couple things. Yeah. Omega three fatty yep. acids, CLA. Yep. And that butter actually stokes your metabolism. This was one of our first meetings together um, when I came to nutritional weight and wellness for the first time. I could have fallen off my chair. I, the, <laughs> you mean the things that I love are actually will help me lose weight, and I've been depriving myself of them for years. So that's a lot of foods to avoid, the, the ones that you just listed. I'd like to point out that everything that you mentioned, you know, those foods contain a lot of great flavors. Right. All the foods that you were told to avoid that contain fat and some of the meats and Think about how great a burger with cheese tastes or how satisfying it is to put full fat sour cream on your chili. Uh, Yeah, nothing better. Full fat (laughs) dressing on your salad. So, you know, if you were told to eliminate all those wonderful foods, what was left for you to eat on the low calorie diets? Yeah. So so some of the examples of you're focusing on calories and you're focusing, well, points, how, how, you know, this 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 kind of way that you figured things out was either points or calories. And so you would be gravitated to things like 100-calorie snack packs, um, low-fat yogurt with Splenda or aspartame or whatever uh, it ha- the artificial sweetener happened to be because it had lower calorie, lower points. Mm-hmm. Um, low-fat frozen dinners. So people think, and I see people, I want to stop them in the hall, in the frozen food section at Target and say, put that lean cuisine down because <laughs> that is not going to get you anywhere. Right. And, you know, fat-free, you know, you can feel like, oh, I can eat a lot of pretzels and pop- popcorn is the big one. That has been one of the single biggest fight I feel like I have in my classes is we were told that popcorn was this health food. Because it's low fat, assuming low that fat, you're not microwave a, a bunch popcorn. of butter on it. Exactly, yeah. microwave popcorn, low fat food, and and you'd eat that to fill yourself up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't a true fullness. 
It was you were filling the cavity of your stomach rather than right. feeling full from fat and protein. And we'll talk later about how high carbohydrate foods or high glycemic foods like popcorn, they actually just go right into fat storage. Yes. Yes. So, it's not helping you lose weight. Yeah. <laughs> it, I can't believe it's time for our first break already, but. First, I'd like to read a comment that was posted yesterday on our Nutritional Weight and Wellness Facebook page. The comment was a reply to the post that somebody put up about our radio show today. Mary wrote, the first two weeks of following the eating plan, which is the Nutritional Weight and Wellness eating plan, she said it was hard to eat every three hours. I was full. But after a few weeks, my body started to tell me when it was time to eat. I am now down 30 pounds and my knee and back pain is gone. I sleep better, and I feel like my moods and emotions are better managed. I cannot tell enough people about the difference that following this plan has made in my life. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and please give Nell or myself a call today at the studio, 651-641-1071. I can't stop with one. Are you a person that can't stop with one, one cookie, one brownie, one bowl of cereal? Does out-of-control eating leave you bloated and frustrated, feeling unworthy and embarrassed? You may say to yourself, why can't I control my food when my relationships are fine, my job is great, and I'm not worrying about money? How could I get my eating and weight under control when I continue to overeat? Nutritional Weight and Wellness understands that compulsive eating is not a character defect or an emotional problem. It is a chemical imbalance that can be corrected. If you need help getting your eating under control, schedule a private consultation with a caring, knowledgeable nutritionist. You may be surprised that when you follow a plan that balances your biochemistry, you no longer eat compulsively. Call Nutritional Weight and Wellness today at 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com to schedule an appointment at an office convenient for you or arrange a phone consultation. Learn how nutrition can be your solution for compulsive eating. That's weightandwellness.com. Oh, won't you stay with me? Cause you're To Dishing Up Nutrition, I'm Nell Calls, nutrition educator, and I'm here with Cara Carper, licensed nutritionist. Today's topic is, am I eating enough to lose weight? Before break, Cara mentioned a comment from Mary on our company Facebook page. Mary has lost 30 pounds from following our eating plan. She has less pain, improved sleep, and better moods. She also made a comment that at first she felt full eating every three hours like we recommend. This is very common for people who have a history of dieting and skipping meals. It can seem like a lot of food at first. So I would encourage people to ease into this way of eating and eventually your body will heal and will want to eat real food throughout the day and stay nourished. It sounds like Mary's body has acclimated to the change and your body will do the same. So now over break, we got a couple of callers. So let's take those right away. Hi, good morning, Cindy. You're on Dishing Up Nutrition. What is your question today? Hi, Cindy. Are you there, Cindy? Yes, I am. Hi there. Welcome to the show. Do you have a question for us? Yes, I do. Mine is a little more general. I was telling the screener. Um, I am looking for a nutritionist for some very complex dietary issues, and I'm wondering if you can suggest one. It isn't necessarily for... um, weight loss, my mother is 89 and she has some chronic pancreatitis 
Mm-hmm. She also has cancer of the pancreas, but it is a different kind. It's encapsulated in the tail, so it's not spread. She's had it for several years. She's also on top of that, and she's been going into the hospital like, ew, probably three times this last month with an attack. Mm -hmm. Um, She's also on top of that, gluten-free, and she's at stage four, or stage three, excuse me, kidney disease. Okay. And the doctors won't do anything that they would normally do for somebody that could withstand chemo or anything like that. She's just too frail to go through any surgeries or anything to help the pancreas or to get rid of the tumor. And Cindy, is, saying, she, well, is she local here? No, she's not. It would have to be something um, just telephone type okay. of a conference. We offer and telephone and we offer Skype. And what I'm going to recommend to you, because we have an incredibly talented front desk staff that okay. knows the credentials and the background and the biographies of all of our, our okay. talented nutritionists as well. I would recommend calling our main office. I'll give you the number. Okay. And working with them to set up an appointment with the right person. Okay. Yeah. That would be great. Okay. Um, their number is what? It's 651 699 Okay. 3438. Okay. I will do that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for your right. call and good luck to yeah. your mother. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. All right, sounds like Cindy's mother has some pretty complex issues. Yeah, so I yeah. wish I'm wishing her the best. We're going to take another call here. Good morning, Aaron. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Good. Do you have a question for us? Well, I do. Um, about five years ago, I went on a, a low-carb diet and did very well on it. Um, you know, eating the things I love, of course, you know, cheese and that. Recently, my doctor has... Um, has me in a preventing diabetes class because I'm, like, pre-diabetic. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been in that class for eight weeks, and we're doing, you know, the low-fat thing. Okay. And I'm also having great success with that. So how do I know which is, you know, I just assumed this low-fat was, like, the way to go because my doctor recommended this class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you mean by having great success? Are you losing weight or are you yeah. managing your blood sugar? I'm I'm losing weight. I haven't checked my blood sugar since I started. I will do that shortly with the doctor to see where my AC1 level is yeah. or A1C, whatever they call it. Yeah, I'll just I'll just tell you my personal experience, and then Cara can tell us what's actually going on. Um, one of the things that Gary Taubes has talked about in the past is how to the to the extent that any of these diets work, it's because we're cutting out you know things that are not necessarily the best for our health. So if you go so. Because I, I, I ha, always have to explain, like, I did lose weight on Weight Watchers. I lost weight 15, 14 times over 25 years. Um, mm-hmm. For me, it was my ability to stay on a diet that was that restrictive. So, um, and to some extent, I think that it, I was able to stay on those diets for the maximum time was like six months before I'd start eating the cupboards. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I attribute that mainly to fat. Right. Because fat uh, actually, when you eat fat, you release a hormone that makes you feel full. And when I never was getting that feeling, I was just constantly craving. So to the extent that I could, you know, use willpower, it, it, it worked. 
Um, but it just wasn't sustainable for me. And plus, I wasn't a very happy person. So I don't know if you have any, um, you know, any science about the low-fat diets and why they work initially. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, that as the show goes on. But for some people, um, what what actually can happen is there's initially some muscle loss. Yeah, that's a big one. How um, do I forget that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's difficult for the body when when we're eating like a low fat diet, it's very difficult for the body to access fat stores. Yeah. Um, what it wants to do is to initially start breaking down muscle because it senses a bit of starvation. Oh. Um, and so it wants to keep that fat in storage. Right. And so that's what I was experiencing when I would have success doing low fat. I was experiencing, I was just getting fl- probably flabbier <laughs> and not, and losing muscle tissue, right? Right. And everyone is biochemistry is completely different. So Aaron, I don't, you know, we don't know that that's what's happening to you. I would just say kind of be cautious about long-term low fat. Um, There are a lot of health benefits to eating good, healthy fats. Yeah. Um, Not, you know, not just for metabolism, but we actually need that for our hormones. And your brain. Our brain is 60% fat. We need it for all of our cells. All of our cell membranes are are covered Mm. with a fat. So it's just going to support overall health. So I would say, I mean, congratulations on your success. I would just, I would consider um, increasing healthy fats for a more long-term approach to health and weight loss. Absolutely. So I hope that... By healthy fats, you mean, you know, olive oil? Yes, exactly. Some of the fats Nell was talking about, olive oil, butter, avocados... Nuts and seeds are great. Coconut oil is great for weight loss. Yeah. 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 So don't be afraid to, you know, introduce those in a little bit higher quantities as you're going forward for your health. Okay. Okay. Great question, Hi. though. Thanks for your call, Aaron. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oops. So, now we were talking about, you know, this is a lot of our show today is going to be about fat and low <laughs> fat and full fat. and But when the fat is taken out of food... There tends to be not a lot of flavor. So anyone who's eaten fat-free sour cream knows this. Oh, God. Especially if they've then tasted full-fat sour cream. Or fat-free salad dressing. That uh, that gives me nightmares. (laughs) It's not the same. That's because fat is where we get our flavor. And food manufacturers know this. So when foods are fat-free, they don't taste good. They taste like cardboard. So the manufacturers end up adding sugar or artificial sweeteners to try to make the foods taste better. And one example, you had talked about how you were told to eat fat-free yogurt. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't taste very good on its own. So for, they add 33 grams of sugar. Oh, my gosh. That is more than eight teaspoons of sugar. A plain yogurt that is full fat has 12 grams of sugar, which is only three teaspoons. Right. And so I know those were a lot of the messages that you had is Absolutely. eat the low fat, but actually you were getting the high sugar. So... Can you just tell, before break here, um, I like the story about the first time that you heard healthy fat was important for weight loss. Yeah. So you were on, you and Dar were interviewing Gary Taubes. And uh, the only reason I was listening to the show at that point, because I remember, oh, there's a, there's a nutrition show on FM 107. I must avoid that at all costs because I had a feeling Dar and you were going to tell me that pasta was bad and I wanted to keep eating pasta. So, um, Gary Taubes uh, was on one time, and so I was tricked into listening to the show because it was a man's voice. And uh, and he, you know, he has this very matter-of-fact way of speaking, 
And he said something to the effect of if you are obese, the low fat diets that you have been on or are currently on have never worked and they will never work. And it was just like this huge light bulb moment for me um, where and he was talking about satiation, something I'd never heard talked about in connection to weight loss is that you don't have to deprive yourself. You're not, you know, I always get the message, bad fat person, you must starve yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was saying, no, you have to feel satiated in order to lose weight. Right, because fat, not not only do we get our flavor from it, but it keeps us full. Absolutely. And so Mm -hmm. it gives us the cue to stop eating, Mm -hmm. which I was never really getting when I was on a low-fat diet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's time for our second break, and you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And if you have spent many years of your life being on a diet and you're frustrated with this cycle that we're talking about today, the cycle of losing and then gaining and then in the end dealing with a slower metabolism, we are here to help. We do offer individual nutrition counseling sessions where we work with you to create a personalized meal plan. We recommend real food and it's going to leave you feeling satisfied and not deprived or starving. Your body is going to respond by healing and losing weight. Most people do need some guidance and accountability when they're starting up a new way of eating. If you have a question for us today, the studio line is 651-641-1071. Welcome back. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And I'm Nell Calls, here with Cara Carper. I not only work for Nutritional Weight and Wellness, but I am also, or was, a client. I am currently a client. (laughs) I still come (laughs) see you guys all the time. The nutritionist worked with me to customize an eating plan where I was eating real food six times per day, and and when I followed it, I was not hungry. They continued to work with me and tweak the meal plan and continue to tweak my meal plan as time has gone on. And as my body's needs have changed... You can call our office at 651-699-3438 and talk to our knowledgeable front desk staff about setting up an individual appointment. All right. So now we have, we keep getting more callers on the break. So we'll see if we can get through all of these. Good morning, Erin. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi. Hi. So, yeah. So um, I have a question about being on antibiotics. Okay. Um, and so I've been diagnosed with some gum disease, and I'm going to be soon given a whole bunch of antibiotics to help get rid of the bad bacteria um, in my mouth. And I was told my stomach could suffer from this, and so I'm hoping to get some advice about um, what I can do to keep my gut in good health during this process. Yes, we are so glad that you're asking yes. this in advance. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> so you're definitely going to need some probiotics, uh-huh. some good bacteria. Um, and what I would recommend, I would recommend a higher dose than what would be a, like a normal maintenance dose. Mm-hmm. We have a great one at our office. It's bifidobacteria. Uh-huh. And for you, I would recommend the powder because it's going to be easier to absorb, easier to get a higher dose. Okay. Than taking like a bunch of capsules. And I would recommend one to two teaspoons per day. Okay. And you can even take that while you're on the antibiotic just at a different time of day. Oh, okay. And then certainly continue to take that after you're done with the antibiotic. Uh Uh-huh. And that will help to restore the 
the good microflora in your gut that will be killed off from the antibiotic. Okay. Okay. And hopefully that will prevent any kind of problems or digestive issues. Yeah. And yogurt as well is a good thing or? Yogurt does have some. It's not going to contain enough to replenish what's lost from the antibiotic though. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Mm -hmm. We'll take one more call here. Hi, Linda. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question? Oh, I think we, I'm sorry. I think we lost Linda. Um, Hopefully she's listening and we'll call back, but we're just going to kind of keep going here for now. Now we were talking before about Gary Tubbs and how you heard, he was like one of the first people that you heard on Dishing Up Nutrition saying low calorie is not a great thing for weight loss. Right. And that you need healthy fat. Right. And that it's, it's really not my fault that, you know, that that being on a low fat diet is exactly the opposite thing as an obese person I should have been doing. So, and that's, that was such a powerful message. What it caused me to do is like what we're talking with people about getting an individual appointment that next week I called and I just called the front desk staff. This is so interesting. This is exactly how it happened for me. And uh, the knowledgeable front desk staff said, listen to my concerns. I had problems with anxiety and sleep and they pointed me to you because you were kind of the anxiety sleep Because <laughs> I've struggled expert. with both of yeah, those. Right? Yeah, yeah, So, and the weight loss thing. So I know that all of that was a new idea for you. And were you afraid that, you know, when we sat down and I said, you should eat five to six times a day, you should be eating eggs and meat, you should be eating full fat products. Yes. Were you afraid you were going to gain weight? Uh, I was incredibly afraid. Uh well, here, here, I had a couple reactions. I couldn't believe what you were saying. The words coming out of your mouth did, just didn't seem real. Um, it, I also felt a sense of relief that, you know, somebody with actual education and knowledge of nutrition was telling me that to green light some of these foods. Um, when at first I didn't lose weight because uh, it behaves a little bit differently than a, than a low-fat weight loss plan takes a little bit more time to the, for the weight loss to get going. But then once it gets going, it's really good and really consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, you would tell me, you know, just stick with it. And, and your body needs to heal before you can actually lose weight. Or I needed to be healthy in order to lose weight, not the other way around. And we get the message mm-hmm. as obese people that we need to lose weight to be healthy. When in actuality, We've done so much damage to our bodies with these low-fat diets, and I just think about it as, like, punishing them since basically the third grade. Mm-hmm. I've been punishing my, bi- di- my body for, you know, most of my life. It's unrealistic for me to expect that in a week or two that's all going to be healed up and I'm going to be down the path to vibrant good health. Right. It took some time. Um, but once it's gone, it's gone, and you can't. You know, I sleep better. Just the quality of my life and the things I've been able to do in my life are so much improved because of this way of eating and eating a lot of food. <laughs> Can you, when you say eating a lot of food, I maybe you don't have to say like every single thing you'd eat yeah. in a day, but yeah. I'd like to give people an idea of what we mean when we say like we're eating real food, we're eating every so. Three to four hours. Yeah, let's get some specifics. Okay. So I start out my day with about three eggs cooked in uh, butter, and I have sausage with that, uh, plus, you know, maybe some sweet potato 
or usually right now, because I am trying to lose weight, I do stick with the lighter vegetables. So I may have broccoli or green beans. So not as starchy as like a potato. Exactly. Exactly. Or carrots or corn. For me, for my carb sensitive body, that is, that is if I'm trying to lose, because I'm still trying to lose some weight that I gained, um, that. I stick with those lighter, lower carbohydrate vegetables mm-hmm. as my carbohydrates, and then uh, three uh, about three hours later, I'll have a you know beef stick and some almonds. Um, sometimes I'll have a piece of fruit. Maybe I'll just have a, a, you know a couple carrot sticks, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a snack. And then I'll have a really robust lunch. Um, I find that eating lunch, uh, a big lunch, and this is very French. I didn't realize this until I lived in France. But I eat um, a, a large lunch. I eat you know four ounces of good quality protein, um, some good fat, and you know maybe a big salad with that. Uh, and then. Um, couple hours, three hours later, depending on how uh, how it's going, I'll have another snack and then I will have another nice size dinner. And I usually have, you know, green beans, a piece mm-hmm. of steak. Um, so, you know, maybe four ounces of yep. protein at your meal, maybe two ounces at your snack. At, that's exactly right. Okay. Exactly right. So not as much protein at the snacks, yep. but about I do half, half about half. Yep. And, and I do try to get that protein in because one of the connections I've made over this, you know, low, how many, six years I've been doing this (laughs) and you've been helping me do this. Um, One of the things that I realized is if I don't get the protein in and if I don't get my fat in, I notice I have actual noticeable cravings for toast and corn chips and all those good things that um, are good, bad things that that make me gain weight. Good tasting maybe when you're craving them. Yeah. yeah. Donuts at the office. Like, Like I view the protein and the fat as kind of my protection mm-hmm. to fend oh, off. I love how you say yeah, that. Yeah, it really yeah. is. I can I walk into my office and I can see in you know seven eight seven thirty a.m. I see M and M's, I see muffins, I see you know donuts, and if I can if I can be protected by those three eggs and some meat and, yeah. and good fat, um, I can I can get through those those meetings with donuts no problem. No, that's wonderful. And so that protein, the protein and the fat are working to stabilize your blood sugar. That's right. To prevent the storing of fat and also to help take fat out of storage to be burned and also to help your blood sugar from crashing and having those cravings that people get. And that's really... That send you to the vending machine, right? That's why people get these cravings on the low-fat, low-calorie diets is because the protein and fat are what's what's satiating. Absolutely. So... um. Linda, I you know I apologize if you could stay on the line. We'll get to your call when we come back from break, but we have to take our last break. My husband Aaron heard about a study when he was listening to NPR last night. The study found that saturated fat is not the culprit that many make it out to be when it comes to heart disease. Saturated fat has been given a bad rap for at least the last 25 years, but there's more and more research that is dispelling this myth. Nell's going to give some details about the study. After a break, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and we'll be right back. If you live with digestive problems, it's not just miserable, it's embarrassing. You might even find it tough to tell your doctor about your gas, bloating, heartburn, constipation, or diarrhea. The nutrition educators at Nutritional Weight and Wellness understand no one wants to talk tummy trouble, but that can keep you suffering. So they've come up with a brilliant solution, an online version of the popular gut reaction class. That's right, online. You won't sit in a group or even leave home. 
You'll learn about foods that trigger digestive discomfort and how to restore intestinal balance. You'll learn how to get rid of bloating, stop heartburn, and relieve constipation and diarrhea. But it's all done privately when it's convenient for you. You know the old saying, you're only as sick as your secrets. If you're ready to heal and give up those digestive aids advertised on TV, this is the class for you. Register for Gut Reactions online at weightandwellness.com or call for information at 651-699-3438. That's 651-699-3438. Welcome back. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Nell Calls, nutrition educator, here with Cara Carper, licensed nutritionist. A study was published yesterday, November 21st, in the journal Public Library of Science. Ohio State University researchers found that doubling the amount of saturated fat in the diet did not raise levels of a dangerous fatty acid in the blood that linked to heart disease and diabetes. But when the study participants ate lower fat and increased their carbohydrate consumption, these dangerous fatty acids did rise in the blood. Dr. James O'Keefe, a cardiologist at St. Luke's Hospital, says there is a bigger culprit behind heart disease. It's the carbohydrates from wheat, flour, sugar, and high fructose corn syrup. Interesting. Very That's interesting. what we say, right? Yeah. We say the same thing. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a, another caller here. Hi, thanks for giving us a call back, Linda. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Linda, hi. you're on the air. Do you have a question? Yes, hi. What hi. I'm calling about is leg cramps. Am I supposed to be taking magnesium for leg, leg cramps, and if so, how much, or should I be eating Maybe I'm low on oil or whatever. Yes. What should I be doing? It, it's likely that it's a magnesium deficiency. I believe it's, it's close to 70% of the population is deficient in magnesium. So that's the first thing that I would try if I were you. And I would try at least 400 milligrams of magnesium glycinate. Okay, magnesium glycinate, 400 milligrams. It's a specific kind that's very absorbable and tends to work best for things like leg cramps. Okay, because I remember you talking about it on the program before, and I do try to, you know, eat the way that you talk on the program. Mm -hmm. And um, so I started wondering, um, I remember, but anyways, that answers my question. Yeah, don't be afraid to increase that. It's water-soluble, so, you know... There's no side effects from, you know, taking a little bit more, maybe 600 milligrams. Okay. Okay. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Now, I really want to get, we have, uh, boy, this show goes so fast. It does. We have less than 10 minutes left, but I think anyone struggling to lose weight really needs to embrace the fact that they just need to eat. They need to eat real food. It's the first step in changing that mindset that low calories are going to lead to weight loss. We have to eat real food to lose weight. So not eating enough during the day actually slows down metabolism. The body thinks it's starving, so it slows down its calorie-burning capacity in order to survive. Yeah, exactly. And people on low-calorie diets often cannot figure out why they are not losing weight. And they're only eating 1,200 or 1,500 calories. Their bodies are in survival mode and are trying desperately to hold on to fat. I mean, you're doing exactly the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Their bodies are afraid they won't be fed and will need this fat later on. So it stays in storage. The first part of the body to break down during low-calorie dieting is muscle and fat, and it stays in storage. 
Right. So the muscle breaks down and then the fat remains in storage. Yeah. Yeah. It's just terrible. Yeah. So there is a healthy and very satisfying way to lose weight without being hungry or giving the body messages of starvation. When we eat plenty of nourishing foods, there is no sense of starvation. And then the body feels comfortable finally letting go of that stored fat being burned to be burned as energy. That is such a great point. So we talked about how low-calorie eating can lead to this muscle breakdown and the fat stays in storage. That's the first thing that can go wrong when cutting calories. There's other things that work against people on these low-calorie diets, though. So here's another scenario. It's the person who's trying to cut calories and they're skipping meals, maybe skipping snacks. Mm -hmm. Perhaps their first meal is actually lunch and maybe it's a low-calorie, like a frozen meal. Then maybe they don't eat again until dinner. Well, after dinner, they're probably so hungry, they feel like they could eat another dinner and then maybe just keep eating all, all night, night long. night long. I you, used to call it an itchy tongue. Yeah. Because it's like you you just, you will never, it's just like you, it's like you're trying to scratch an itch you'll never be able to scratch when you're, you just keep eating and eating and eating. And the other thing that we've been told is we, I, I you know, and at least I do this or have done this is that if you starve yourself, the more you deprive yourself, the, the, the more you're doing for your body, the more um, willpower you have and and the stronger of a person that you are. That's kind of the misconception or that's misconception. what people are thinking. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. If, you, if you've struggled with weight, you're thinking, oh boy, you know, if I, if I can just make it until dinner without eating anything, if I can say, I used to do this, if I can save up my points mm-hmm. and then I'll eat a big dinner. Um, and I, I thought I was doing something for weight loss, but really I was just damaging my metabolism. Right. Exactly. And then the foods, like you were saying at night, you would crave toast. Toast, among other things. Or have cereal, (laughs) bagels. Right. It could be the sweets, but those are actually all the foods that easily get stored as fat because we, we won't get into the whole thing, but biochemically the blood sugar goes up and we release a lot of insulin, which is a fat storing hormone yeah. from all of those high carbohydrate foods that people are craving because they were starving all day. So I, I bet some people listening can relate to this and they might be thinking, oh, my gosh, that sounds like me. Um, and a lot of people, I think, get down on themselves from eating at night like that. But we know what's happening. It's not a lack of willpower. It's low blood sugar. From the body being in starvation mode. That's right. Uh, so it's also low serotonin from lack of protein. So, you know, low blood sugar and low serotonin can happen really easily. It can also happen from not eating enough protein and healthy fat. I sound like a broken record, but eat your healthy <laughs> protein and your healthy fat. Avoiding low blood sugar is the biggest piece of advice that I can give anyone who wants to lose weight. So really keeping your blood sugar balanced, it's, the, it's, it's like I said, it's your defense mechanism because we live in, a, in a, a pretty toxic food environment in terms of just you go to the bookstore and you're hit with high carbohydrate foods. <laughs> you know, it's everywhere. So if you're not eating adequate protein and fat, uh, you're not going to have your defenses up to, to prevent yourself from just starting to eat the the bagel and cream cheese and um, the donuts and all of the things that you find. So you'll find I like food. how you said the protein and the fat were protecting you. Yeah, yeah, I do. I really look at them foods. like if I don't have if I don't have my fat and protein, 
um, an adequate amounts, I I will succumb to my cravings. Yeah. Yep. And no even question. today, it's not like, oh, you yeah. lost the 90 pounds and now you're it's everything's OK and you can just carry on. You have to be very vigilant, vigilant and conscious of that. Yeah. And start with breakfast and have your snack. Because it's a very yeah. slippery slope that I fell down last fall. <laughs> right. And you had shared that last time that you, and congratulations, because now you're yeah. down back to where you were I'm, with the weight. Yep. I'm exactly where I was. I'm actually, a, I'm down a size in jeans. I So this is, I'm breaking news. I went from <laughs> even, so my, the lowest size jeans I got into was a size 12. And now because of, you know, of doing some strength training, but mainly my diet, uh, I am in a size 10 now. Oh, that's wonderful. Isn't that cool? Yeah, you look yeah, great. Thank you. So we just have a couple minutes. I wanted to make a comment about what some of the long-term negative effects yes. of are from this low-calorie eating that leads to this yo-yo dieting. We call it yo-yo dieting because it's kind of that starving and the binging cycle. Yeah. Unfortunately, doing that for years and years slows down metabolism and weight loss becomes even more difficult. So after the body's been starved over and over, its number one priority is to quickly restore any weight that was lost as quickly as possible and store fat immediately to protect from future starvation. And that is exactly what I'm going through right now. I am I am a case study in that exact thing. Why you know, why do I have to be so vigilant? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to watch the the carbohydrates and make sure I, I I manage this like a chronic disease? And it's because so much damage has mm-hmm. been done from low-fat dieting for so many years. I think a lot of, you know, I don't want to say women, women and men, but people are trying to eat really low calorie. And why am I not losing weight? I'm only eating 1,200 calories. After years of dieting, the body is really just in fat storing mode. Yeah. It's trying to protect itself. Yeah. So people need to do what you're doing and start by eating real food, the protein, the fat, and, you know, avoid the cravings for the carbohydrates that sabotage any weight loss efforts. Yeah. And it's also like on a positive note, it's like being free. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.